Welcome to Here and Back Again. I'm David O'Callaghan and this is a podcast looking at all things releasing weekly on streaming and in cinemas. This week I was so prepared for a somewhat quieter week of content after last week's insanity and madness but boy oh boy was I wrong there are some absolute humdingers dropping this week so shall we begin when back to school makes you feel like a fool you too can snag a spouse find your thin within this country treats women like second-class citizens we're overlooked underpaid and overwhelmed we deserve a magazine that inspires us the matriarchy awakens Why is she so angry? I believe I covered that in my presentation. Come pitch it to me. You're a publisher? I am. Breasts, more breasts. Oh, look, bigger breasts. You read my magazine. I did. What, you think I'm illiterate or something? Well... Look, it's not Proust. It's pronounced Proust. Do people enjoy your company? Not really. First up, we have Minx on Paramount+. Plus. In the 1970s, a young feminist from Los Angeles joins forces with a low-rent publisher to create the first women's erotic magazine. I absolutely adore this show, as you can tell by the extra long clip at the start. Um, it is so funny, has so many layers, and be warned, it has so many dicks. And I, I mean, there are a lot of dicks in this show, and I mean, not of the... Uh, well, no, there's actually those type of dicks too. But anyway, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Ophelia Loverbond and Jake Johnson are the leads and in this really feisty, always hilarious drama. And I absolutely encourage everybody to watch it. So that is Minx now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hey, do you want a ride? I know what it's like to get fucked over by someone you thought you could trust. Carissa Jones, she started a nasty rumor about me. She told everyone that I tried to hold her down and kiss her. Turned me into this predator. She destroyed me. I wish we could hire people to take them down. We should team up and do each other's revenge. Don't you want to make her pay? I don't want to make her pay. I want to burn her to the ground. Whoa. You're giving off some serious Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction energy. Glenn energy. In this week's You Know Who You Are segment, but with a slightly edgier than normal rom-com vibe, we have Do Revenge on Netflix. A dethroned queen bee at a posh private high school strikes a deal with an unassuming new student to exact revenge on each other's enemies. Plot was inspired by Alfred Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train. Go figure. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, the trailer for this one had me quite giddy and excited for it. The fab Camilla Mendez and Maya Hawke play the leads in this, what can be best described as part headers, part clueless, part mean girls romp. I'm all in. <laughs> the trailer is absolutely fantastic. This is the perfect weekend movie. And hey, it may fail to deliver on the promise of the trailer, but I do not care. I am here for this movie. So that's Do Revenge on Netflix, which comes with a this could be possibly awesome alert. So as a kid, I could always just be this other guy. He does what he's got to do. Hey, Jesus! Come on in, Julian. Have a seat. Detective, what is this about? You're a free man. 
American Gigolo on Paramount Plus has been described as a present-day reimagining of the iconic 1980 film which starred Richard Gere. John Berenthal plays Julian, who spends 15 years in prison for murder, then gets out and attempts to fix his complicated relationships with his former girlfriend, played by Gretchen Maul, his mother and those who betrayed him. Rosie O'Donnell also stars as a detective trying to investigate the whole conspiracy. Um, quite why this show has been made is an obvious place to start with no answer really. Um, early reviews have been quite sketchy, but it does have John Berntal, so yeah, maybe going to give a few episodes a try. There's only eight in the series, and sure, who knows? It could be absolute muck, or it could be a glorious guilty pleasure. So that is American Gigolo on Paramount Plus. My best friend dumped me. I'm a reject. What in the kids' helpline? It was all about who hooked up with who in our year and what they did. Rusty, Dowie. Think I can work out tongue punch in the fat box. Over on Netflix, the Heartbreak High reboot is definitely a lot raunchier than its predecessor. It's framed loosely around a sexual literacy class that students are forced to endure after scandal sweeps the school. Uh, The episodes explore consent, peer pressure, drug and alcohol use, and gender and sexuality with very open arms. It also probably helps that the fashion of 1994 to 99 has come full circle and actually feels back on trend for today's teens who probably have never heard or even seen the original Australian series. Part skins, part euphoria, all heartbreak high. This will have parents of teenagers freaking the hell out while also being slightly nostalgic for a returning show not quite like the one they remember. So that is Heartbreak High, the reboot, now on Netflix. That was awesome. Vince is in a famous band, Mum. You were in Stereo Drake. What are you here for? I think I'm lost, you know. And now you are found. What do you want more than anything else in this entire world? I want to go to music school. Don't need nobody. Sing a little bit lower next time. I Used to Be Famous on Netflix is a movie which follows Vince, a desperate former pop star who dreams of making a comeback. Uh, An impromptu jam session with autistic young drummer Stevie sparks an unexpected friendship between two misunderstood musicians. Mawkish, predictable, but it's got synthesizers and drums so i'm all in oh yeah no i don't care i'm just just give it to me yeah i'll watch this that is i used to be famous on netflix how are you baba i'm not good mom are you sorry for me or are you sorry for my siblings i would have never thought you would have ever done something like this what is it that you think that I've done? Sins of Our Mother is a limited documentary series on Netflix and tells the story of Laurie Vallow and her descent from a loving mother to a murderous member of a doomsday cult. After Vallow's children vanish, the search for them brings to light a trail of suspicious deaths and apocalyptic beliefs. This uh, documentary comes from the team that brought us the hugely successful girl in the picture and... Yeah, it's going to be bleak, it's going to be harsh, but it's, you know, these are always, you can't look away. They're just fascinating and haunting stuff and uh, looks absolutely brilliant. So that is Sins of Our Mother, now on Netflix. 
taking a brief look at some new anime and manga. Uh, Drifting Home is a, a new Japanese anime movie uh, which lands on Netflix this week. This week, One fateful summer, a group of elementary school kids set adrift on an abandoned apartment building and must look within themselves to find a way back home. Um, as you can tell with all these kind of anime, they're always you know, quite surreal, quite beautiful animation and will always have a poignant storyline um you gotta always give something like this a try probably more for adults than kids but absolutely beautiful stuff so that is drifting home a new japanese anime movie on netflix cyberpunk edge runners is a bit more edgy uh, and that's also on netflix and um this deals with a street kid who tries to survive in a technology and body modification obsessed city of the future with everything to lose he chooses to stay alive by becoming an edge runner uh, which are mercenary outlaws also known as known as cyberpunks this one's getting rave reviews in the anime community and if this is your sort of thing there's 10 episodes and it's a must see if you're into it that's cyberpunk edge runners uh, on netflix and then we have Bastard Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy on Netflix. Uh, finally, in the manga world, season two of this pretty insane uh, series has returned. <laughs> when the evil forces threaten to resurrect Anthrasax, the god of destruction, the kingdom of Metallicana, I am not making this up, calls on a volatile dark wizard for help. Absolutely insane stuff. And anybody who's watched it before, yes, you can expect the usual levels of violence and all the mass orgies you can imagine. Um, so that is Bastard Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy, the manga series, which is now on Netflix. Here at St. Vladimir's, we all know the dangers that lurk outside our gates. I want to do my sworn duty. I want to protect my best friend from danger. And I want a life to call my own. I would never bet against you. Vampire Academy over on Peacock is an American fantasy horror television series based on the novels of the same name by Rochelle Mead, which were hugely successful book series around the times of the Twilight Saga madness and when people were desperate to read anything with a vampire in it between this vampire diaries and twilight vampire academy was also very popular unfortunately in 2014 there was a movie adaptation which starred zoe deutsch and was absolutely shocking so why not try again set in a world of privilege and glamour two young women's friendship transcends their strikingly different classes as they prepare to complete their education and enter vampire society one as a powerful royal the other as a half vampire guardian yep glorious glorious nonsense uh, the only promising thing i can actually figure out from this series is that it has been adapted by julie pleck and marguerite mcintyre of the vampire diaries and the originals tv fame otherwise it looks as ropey and as dopey as the previous movie but who knows maybe hammy vampire acting is what we need in our lives right now and feck it jump ahead and let's see what happens so that is vampire academy now on peacock fate the winx saga season two is now on netflix uh, returns as um the fairies attend a magical boarding school in the other world where they must learn to master their magical powers while navigating love rivalries and the monsters that threaten their very existence they haven't gone away they're back for season two in this popular series which is shot in ardmore studios in wicklow so that is fate the winx saga season two on netflix 
Don't you think something's different? I don't think that's our mother. Good night, mommy. On Prime Video is um, well. If freaky and disturbing is what you need this week or in your life, this is definitely the movie for you. Twin brothers arrive home at their mother's house and begin to suspect that something just isn't right. In this remake of the 2014 Austrian film, Naomi Watts plays the well creepy mom. Uh, one for definitely for horror fans only, or else anyone who loves a distress ball movie of a Friday. So that is. Good night, mommy, on Prime Video. And speaking of horror, the Grand Tour presents a Scandi flick on Prime Video, finds Jeremy, Richard and James off to the Scandinavian Arctic Circle, driving their favourite rally cars, the boys embark on a catastrophe-filled adventure, taking in Cold War, submarine bases, frozen lake racetracks and ski resort chaos. Yes, it's definitely one for petrol heads only. That's Grand Tour presents a Scandi flick now on Prime Video. Mika on Disney Plus chronicles the emotional and complex stories of two daughters of undocumented immigrants from Mexico navigating their careers in the music industry in the US. For these two, making it isn't just a dream, it's a necessity. This movie, uh, or this documentary, premiered to rave reviews at this year's Sundance Film Festival, um, so much so that Disney original documentary immediately acquired worldwide rights to this 88-minute film. Generating a lot of buzz, including some Oscar Best Documentary buzz. Keep an eye on this one. That is Mika on Disney+. France accepts Catherine de' Medici in marriage with Henry, Duke of Orléans. Then something terrible happened. I fell in love. But I was wrong. Do you know what I learned that day? Never trust a single soul. <laughs> It was my time to govern. The only way I knew how. Perhaps if we gave him the proper incentive, he would tell us the truth. Cut off his finger. What? What? The Serpent Queen on Stars Play is a period drama television series revolving around the life of Catherine de' Medici, created by Justin Haight and based on the 2004 non-fiction book Catherine de' Medici, Renaissance Queen of France, and stars Samantha Morton in the lead role. Uh, it's period drama, but it's a quite a dark period drama, but uh, definitely will have its fans out there. So that is The Serpent Queen now on Stars Play. Over on Netflix, the new Indian movie Jogi tells a story set amid tension in the 1980s India with three different friends of different fates uniting in a noble yet dangerous effort to save hundreds in their town. So that is Jogi on Netflix. Sago Mini Friends on Apple TV Plus. This is a preschool animated series based on the popular award-winning children's app Sago Mini World and has been developed by Sago Mini. Uh, it's animated by Nine Story Media's Brown Bag Films. Sago Mini Friends is an adorable nod to gratitude featuring Harvey the floppy-eared dog and his best friends Jinga the cat, Jack the rabbit and Robin the bird. And as I said, it's now available on Apple TV Plus. Scandal, bringing down Wirecard on Netflix, is another one of those fascinating and worthy documentaries. Uh, Upstart payment firm Wirecard wowed the financial industry with its runaway success and had all the feels of being the new PayPal. Until... 
Yes, a tenacious team of journalists expose massive fraud. Another tech unicorn. Yeah, they just keep on being revealed to be donkeys under it all. Uh, this fascinating rise and collapse uh, documentary from Netflix looks really, really good. So that is Scandal bringing down Wirecard. And finally on streaming, over on Netflix we have Santo. Santo refers to a drug dealer who, whose face has never been revealed. With two police going after him, Milan and Cardona, radically opposed, they'll have to learn to collaborate to solve the case. And obviously keep their lives safe. Um, this is the first Spanish fiction series shot between Spain and Brazil and looks like a fairly decent thriller. That's Santo on Netflix. And then we move on to this week's cinema releases. I'm sorry. I think your things are in my seat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, come on. You've got to be kidding me. Excuse me, ma'am. I need to sit somewhere else. We used to be married. Worst 19 years of my life. We were only married for five. I'm counting the recovery. In four days' time... Our daughter's going to marry a guy she just met in Bali, millions of miles from home. Cinema-wise, there are some, yeah, pretty intriguing releases this week, with the biggest one being... Uh, Good old Hollywood romantic blockbuster Ticket to Paradise, which stars George Clooney and Julia Roberts as a divorced couple that teams up and travels to Bali to stop their daughter from making the same mistake they think they made 25 years ago. Yeah, it's predictable. Yeah, it's nonsense. And yes, I thoroughly enjoyed it. However, without the star power of Roberts and Clooney, it would have been a hot mess. But they are in it, and they drag the movie kicking and screaming into being a pretty decent, if unambitious rom-com you know what you're getting so just embrace the beige and you'll love it that's ticket to paradise in more limited releases there's roshi and frank which is the story of a widow who's given up on life but then suddenly becomes convinced that a stray dog is the reincarnation of her hurling loving husband this irish language movie looks extremely sentimental and cute and is definitely one for any dog lovers out there so that is roshi and frank for old school Kevin Smith nerds, there's Clerks 3 out this week. Uh, after surviving a heart attack, uh, Randall Graves has an epiphany and decides to make a movie with Dante Hicks about their lives at the Quick Stop convenience store. You can expect many a cameo, as is always the case in uh, Kevin Smith and Clerks movie. And this one is getting decent buzz for the hardcore heads out there. So that is Clerks 3, out now in cinemas. And finally, if you are anywhere near an IMAX screen this weekend, the David Bowie documentary Moon Age Daydream plays exclusively there for this week only before getting its wider release uh, next week. Judging by early reviews, the bigger the screen and sound, the better for your Bowie experience. So that's Moon Age Daydream in IMAX only this week. Now, I normally throw in the odd, you know, music release, but... Sweet Lord, have we got some releases this week? I have to dwell upon. There's some absolute bangers, as the kids don't say. So, first up, we have Hold the Girl. Uh, this is the second studio album from Japanese-British singer Rina Sawayama. Confession, I am absolutely obsessed with Rina and her music, uh, which on this album, judging by the singles released so far, seems to be leaping from pop country to rock to dance to folk pop. Whatever it is unleashed, I'm here for it. She is amazing. This is going to be a stunner. And with our tour about to kick off in October, she's doing two nights in the Olympia Theatre, by the way. It's all about to kick off big time for this legend. So that is Hold the Girl, the album from Rina Sawayama. Ten albums and 25 years into their career, the Washington indie veterans Dead Cab for Cutie return with Asphalt Meadows. And in fairness, after their dodgy and rather disappointing ninth album, this one actually has sounds like a proper return to form and mood. So excited for that. That is Dead Cab for Cutie, uh, Asphalt Meadows. 
if K-pop is your thing, uh, girl band Blackpink return with their second album, Born Pink, and the world is ready. Always stunning videos, cracking songs that cover all spectrums of the modern pop world. Blackpink are a joy to behold and will be everywhere for the remainder of the year. A lot of people very excited for this. So that is Born Pink, the new album from Blackpink. Hailing from Auckland, New Zealand, the pop punk rock quartet the bets are building an excellent reputation for their stunning live shows and this third album they've released uh, today born in a dying field seems to capture that live vibe and should see them catapulted higher up the music food chain absolutely love them saw them earlier in the year and they are really really a class group that is the bets with a h born in a dying field Noah Cyrus releases her debut album, The Hardest Part, and I'm all in for a bit of moody uh, album dealing with uh, love, loss, that is part folk, part alt country, with all the pop trimmings. Um, Really, really growing in stature. She's had a few EPs out before, but this one sounds like, again, it'll probably be used in every teenage uh, TV show from here to the end of time. But Noah Cyrus, The Hardest Part, new album is out today. And then finally, releasing their ninth studio album is Suede with Autofiction, which seems to be a kind of a let's stop messing about and just get back to basic punk sound kind of album. And everybody is here for that. So that is Suede and their new album, Autofiction. So all of these are out now, and hopefully will help the soundtrack to your weekend perk it up a bit, uh, no matter what your musical mood. Under the banner of three things we learnt in pop culture this week, we're going all out, we're going for festival and awards and all that kind of lark, because it's all kicking off over there and the Oscar buzz is all over the place. Previous Oscar winner Laura Poitras's All the Beauty and the Bloodshed walked away with the top honour at uh, the Golden Lion actually at the Venice Film Festival. The film is a portrait of Nan Golden, a 68 year old photographer who was prescribed Oxycontin quickly became addicted to it, found recovery through a replacement drug and then threw her energies into calling the Sackler family to account. Absolutely stunning stuff I'm hearing and already a huge Oscar buzz as I mentioned. Uh, in the main acting categories, Kate Blanchett took the best actress with her performance in Tar and Colin Farrell took the best actor slot for his role in Mark McDonough's The Banshees of Inishirin. McDonough also scored the best screenplay, a prize he repeated after 2017's Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So some exciting stuff. You can see that the pieces on the Oscar chessboard are starting to happen. So that is the Venice Film Festival. Next up, we have the Toronto International Film Festival, or TIFF to its friends. This has been get this is actually still ongoing and finishes on Sunday. But there's been a few things happening. Um, Brendan Fraser. Uh, starring in Darren Aronofsky's The Whale picked up Best Actor and it's absolutely fantastic to see him getting absolute raves the movie uh, sounds fascinating and there's a lot of obviously hype about that the Viola Davis African Warrior epic The Woman King has been getting incredible buzz and the reviews have been slightly insane and excitable so whenever that comes out get ready for that because that's getting really really, uh, hype 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 and then Daniel Radcliffe and his parody biopic of the weird Al Yankovic story Story also seems to be going down a treat. It's yeah. If if it wasn't real, you'd believe it wasn't real. Uh, whatever that means. But Tiff really, really going strong, and there should be more award winners announced later in the week. But some really interesting movies coming from there. 
And finally, the Emmys were this week where the White Lotus grabbed the most overall wins with 10 Emmys, followed by Euphoria with 6 and Succession with 4. HBO came out overall winner versus Netflix with the rest trailing quite far behind. But Netflix really only won in the big awards with Squid Game and uh, Ozark with Julia Garner. But yeah, HBO seemed to be the main winner on the evening. The biggest loser? Poor old Better Call Saul. It's last season, not even a sniff. Now, I could be wrong. But I have a feeling because it was split into two, the second part might get into next year's Emmys. I didn't even check up on that, but I'm just hoping that's the reason, because otherwise, what the hell's going on? But hopefully Better Call Saul will be back. However, yes, White Lotus, absolute class, cleaned up, and happy to see that. And that is us all caught up. Absolutely crazy week, so many good things. Apologies for my giddiness, but I'm just happy with all this quality content dropping this week. Some really, really good stuff. So hopefully something is there to distract you and keep you off the streets. So for now, this is David O'Callaghan for the Here and Back Again podcast, wishing you all the best. And until next week, stay safe and binge happy. So, hmm, despite the ridiculous amount of content that's dropping this week and a very long podcast, you're still here searching for more. Hmm, well, have I got a cracker for you, which we can label under the In Case You Missed It category. Everything Everywhere All at Once is now streaming on Prime Video. Praise the Lord. This is, oh my God, such a good movie. Uh, Directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinhardt, collectively known as the Daniels. This film is a a romp. It's a big-hearted sci-fi action adventure about an exhausted Chinese-American woman played by Michelle Yeoh who can't seem to finish her taxes. What an absolute treat of a movie. This is how you do a multiverse movie. It's sensational stuff and definitely one of my favourite movies of the year so far. And Michelle Yeoh is absolutely brilliant. It also stars Ka Huai Kwan, who most folks will remember from Goonies or as Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, who actually was in the news this week because he's revealed to be joining the cast of Loki. Delighted for him. I also really, really hope he kind of appears in a cameo in the new indie movie, but they're keeping very quiet about that. Hey, it involves time travel, so maybe he will. Anyways, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, Absolute Legend, is now streaming on Prime Video and is a must-see. Now, I think you really should walk away.